0: Welcome to Recover and Thrive with Dr. Bob King and co-host Cindy Hall. In this program, we explain how diet, lifestyle, fitness, and faith come together to heal our bodies as well as our souls. There are only a few key building blocks to good health, and if you focus on each one, you should be on the way to feeling your best. Now, here is Dr. King.
1: Welcome to Recover and Thrive with Dr. Bob King and Cindy Hall. Well, glad you could join us. It is, uh, oh, turning cold now, at least, at least down here right next to Mexico. So that's kind of unusual. Yeah, it's been kind of warm. Um, This kind of weather kind of brings spiders into the house, and so maybe it's time to start talking about some of those pesky creatures. Uh. So i would like to talk today particularly about the brown recluse. It is uh, common in the, the uh, United States Southwest. But uh, there are spiders much like it all over the world. And fortunately, the treatment is just about the same. Um, that it also includes even the, uh, the black widow even though the venom does different things, it acts differently, uh, it is pulled out in about the same way. So uh, anybody from anywhere in the world would be able to, to benefit from listening to this program. So let's focus on the recluse. Now, much of the material that we're, uh, we're sharing with you is drawn from A website that is called brown-recluse.com and uh, it is it's not a natural medicine site this was actually an individual investigator that had his own problem and he came up with a solution for it that in my opinion is at least as good as anything that any of the uh, any other remedy that I've seen So, let's go over it. Bites from a brown recluse spider can cause large, slow-healing, flesh-eating wounds which may last for weeks, months, or even years after the initial bite. I I do know some people that are still experiencing problems decades after the initial bite. Now, some victims face severe allergic uh, reactions and systemic symptoms which can include fever full body rash nausea loss of retinal function that is your eyes stop working and even death and so the spider is not nothing to be messed with no they're not now, the uh, external effects there might may or may not be initial pain with the bite often you never know that you've gotten bitten until the spider is long gone the bite may become intolerably painful within 12 to 24 hours especially if it's on an arm or a leg or it may itch really really bad Uh, yeah as most spider bites do yeah um I have been bitten and so is Cindy. Yes. So we have our own experience with it. And we we know what it or know the difference between a regular spider bite that gives you a, a pimple that you go, hmm, I got a pimple there, it itches. Yeah. Look at it close and oh yeah, spider, whatever. But then there is the bad spider. And but we know what it is when you Give it a little press and it starts hurting and then maybe numbness radiates from it. That's a bad spider. Or it has the itch is more of an itch burn. Yeah. And when you scratch it, it gets worse. Yes. So anyway, uh, describing the wound, a pale color and lack of swelling is uh, typical in the center possibly even a sunken uh, site uh, due to the venom shutting down blood supply. The center may be blue or purple due to a hemorrhage. The black dot may appear in the puncture wound surrounded by a small blister with redness all around it. There are various ways that it manifests. The center eventually sloughs away, leaving an open pit. So, not even pretty. No. Now, the internal effects. The body attacks and starts breaking up red blood cells, a process called hemolysis. And the person may feel very fatigued, and the urine may turn dark in color from the the elimination of the the uh, remnants of the blood cells up to 40% of the blood volume can be lost and the kidneys may start to shut down well if if you're losing a lot of red blood cells and the liver is not catching and cleaning it up then it's going to hurt the kidneys pretty bad yes so you'd need kidney support now the clotting cells that is the platelets are lost in a process called disseminated intravascular coagulation. And of course, the disseminated clots are also causing um, problems with uh, shutting down blood supply in small arteries. That can be going on in the brain, the heart, the liver, and anywhere else in the body. So it's recommended, if you are bitten, what they call it, the RICE therapy. Now, I'm not wanting you to go out and buy a bag of rice. <laughs> this is an acronym, yeah. R-I-C-E, Rest, Ice Packs, Compression and Elevation. Now, the rest is helpful. Anytime you have something that debilitates you, you would need to start, you know, slowing down on your activities. Uh, let the body deal with the health problem. Now, it may alleviate some symptoms just to rest, such as nausea, headache, as the venom spreads beyond the initial local area. Ice packs help to slow the venom's effect and none the pain. Now, compression can also help to prevent the venom from spreading. Now, you elevate the body part that has been bitten, and that will reduce the the pain, swelling, and, of course, the throbbing. Now, can a brown recluse spider bite through clothing? Probably not, because the fangs are too short. But they can easily bite into calloused skin, and once they do, then the venom will pass through it. Oh... Uh, What do brown recluse spiders prefer to eat? Well, there was a study that was done at Kansas University some time ago. uh, And based on their research, the brown recluse spiders consistently chose larger prey in choice tests. The results were as follows. Grasshoppers, wax moths, crickets, honeybees, cockroaches, House flies, house spiders, pill bugs, termites, and ladybugs. Then, after testing 147 spiders by offering them a choice between identical prey items, one dead and one alive, the brown recluse spider preferred the dead prey 81% of the time. This is a finding never before witnessed with any other spider. Now, who is the most susceptible to death from brown recluse bites? Well, deaths are rare, but uh, small children and those with compromised immune systems and the elderly are most susceptible. They make up the vast majority of the death toll. There are exceptions, though. There was a woman some time ago in St. Louis who died when she was bitten by a brown recluse spider that was embedded in her sweater when she was putting it on. Usually it just leaves a a wound that uh, will take years to heal, unless you treat it properly. The best way to control those spiders is by sticky traps don't call the exterminator no. that will just give them much more food to eat
2: remember they said they like
1: the yeah, dead yeah they like dead bugs? food and yeah. even uh, insects that have been poisoned to death no problem the spider yeah. doesn't care that's more candy to them Mhm. so the uh, top 10 places that the spider likes uh, near the furnace or hot water heater Best place to find them. Then second floor bedrooms that are unoccupied. Any room without air conditioning or adequate ventilation. The bathroom behind the toilet or the tub. Uh, Near plants which draw insects. Under basement stairways. Or in basements under piles of wood, boxes, carpet or clothing, windowsills or behind entertainment centers, bedrooms, most people don't spend a lot of time in their bedrooms except to sleep. Now there are areas that you are not likely to find the recluse, even in the most intense infections. Closet shelves, inside upper kitchen cabinets, inside drawers of desks and cabinets, or crawl spaces under the house.
2: So Let's you would put there. those sticky traps around the walls and in the corners and under window seals of those areas that you said that you yeah, found you just
1: them mostly? Put the most traps down there along the wall where they're likely to be running and you right. so you'd be catching them. Now, the chemicals don't kill the spiders unless you spray it directly on them, but then if you spray water and soap on them that is as effective as as a can of insecticide. Uh, furthermore, if you leave uh, a lot of insecticide residue, you're killing other insects, and that is causing uh, a lot of uh, food supply to be given to these spiders, so you don't want to be doing it.
2: And they'll bring their family to
1: to feast on the dead bugs. Oh, yeah. Now, there are more... Uh, tips, but we're going to have to move on. I've got only about what 30 seconds left to go. I'd like for you to visit our website, hungrykidsinternational.org. And coming up, we'll talk more about the recluse. And so, I'll see you after break. Mm-hmm. Become our friend on
3: Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Bob
4: King directs the work of Hungry Kids International, also known as Bob King Ministries, located in Kiamato, Texas, situated along the Rio Grande River. We practice benevolence teach through radio and our medical ministry. We also support other ministries in Mexico. These include Ninos del Rey, a benevolence, preaching, and teaching ministry that operates in Piedras Negras, and Harvest Ministries, a medical and benevolence ministry directed by Dr. Albert Romo, MD, COVID 19 has made crowds impossible, but radio has not been restricted. People are much more interested in self directed health care now than they used to be. We are supported entirely by free will offerings. Please visit our website at hungrykidsinternational.org. Dr. Bob and his staff extend their heartfelt gratitude for the generosity of their partners. God bless you
3: if you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs you may be looking for all kinds of answers let recovery radio with host zach crouch be your guide zach crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery you'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health root causes of addiction and more most importantly we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track recovery radio New episodes are available every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: You are listening to Recover and Thrive. If you have a question or comment about our program, Dr. King invites you to send an email. The email address is drbob at hungrykidsinternational.org. That's dr. bob at hungrykidsinternational.org. Now, back to Recover and
1: Thrive. Hey,
0: welcome back.
1: We've been talking about the brown recluse spider, and so now we need to talk about the spider bite kit and so i'll give you the story on it in 1999 a woman was bitten on the arm by a brown recluse spider and made a remarkable discovery she and her husband had tried various suggested remedies to help heal that horrible bite wound and nothing seemed to work Rather, it was getting worse and they knew from other people's experience that doctors were only going to prescribe antibiotics and that wasn't going to heal the wound. Now, that's, that is true. They re- really have very little for it. The antibiotics are just so you won't get a secondary infection. Finally, after much prayer, they discovered a combination of ingredients which they applied topically. To the bite wound, they began seeing results immediately after after applying. The wound quickly reversed; it uh, healed up completely. They tried this formula with other people's other excuse, other people that had a bite, <laughs> and they also reported the same results. So, in 2003, they decided to partner up with others and began developing a product. And so they did. They came up with the bite kit. I'm glad they did. Yes. The company sells what they call a brown recluse first aid kit. I have used it, and it is effective as advertised. It does work, but it has some drawbacks for larger bites and for treatment of other spiders, such as the black widow, or even snake bites. And it is applicable to the snake bite. The kit contains a bottle of combination tincture, that is alcohol extracts of botanical herbs. The herbs are comfrey, echinacea, lobelia, and plantain. Each of the herbs works in combination with the others. The comfrey detoxifies a wound and it stimulates cell growth to speed healing of the wound and repair the tissue damage. The Echinacea is an infection fighter and a natural antibiotic. It is also an effective blood purifier and is used to support the body against blood poisoning. Lobelia encourages the flow of oxygenated blood. It is a very potent herb and it has a history of effective use on insect bites. Lobelia is an antispasmodic and is used to open obstructions, and it is. This helps the body to drain trapped toxins. Plantain is a powerful astringent, and it works to contract the skin tissue. It has a healing, antibiotic, and styptic effect on sores and wounds. It is also commonly used on insect bites some have reported healings for brown recluse bites using this herb alone the pioneers used it extensively as they settled the west and the usa more than 150 years ago now, plantain is also called band-aid weed this because all you have to do is pick the the leaf, clean it off, chew on it, and then stick it on the the wound about the same way you would a Band-Aid.
2: Well, that's easy
1: enough. It lays across the wound, much like a Band-Aid, and it will draw toxins out of it. Now, the tincture is only going to spread the uh, toxin around unless you use something to capture it. And for that, they've used activated charcoal powder. Now they use a bituminous coal source. I really like the coconut better because it's less likely to have um, mineral toxins in it. But nonetheless, this charcoal draws out and absorbs toxic molecules from the wound. And without the charcoal, of course, the tincture would do nothing but just kind of spread things around along the skin and allow it to enter into the bloodstream much more quickly so the charcoal is a key ingredient now the in- investigators or the investigation that uh, this vendor did was very good i am not surprised that the discovery was an answer to desperate prayer faith in god works but an honest humble heart is required you've got to be listening mm-hmm. I find the kit to be limited in two ways, and I'm sharing this with you because many people from many parts of the world do not have access to the kit, and so I'm just giving you hints on how to make it yourself. The charcoal needs a binder. Now, charcoal stains almost anything, and powdered charcoal is very difficult to control. It's it just blows out like dust and it gets on everything. Yes, it does. I recommend mixing the charcoal at least one-to-one with powdered slippery elm bark. Wheat flour works in a pinch, but more charcoal is necessary if you do that since the binder dilutes it and the slippery elm does not dilute it. The kit does not scale up well when the bites are extensive such as a wound that is three-quarter inch in diameter or larger. And who do we know that had one like that? Um, Well, that would be me. (laughs) Also, it's more difficult to treat some black widow bites and snake bites with the kit. This is particularly true when considerable time has elapsed between the bite and the recognition that it is a poisonous spider bite. An answer to this objection, I suggest powdered herbs and charcoal be mixed with aloe vera gel and applied as a poultice. We've done this, and it does work. Yes, it does. Slippery elm bark powder is an excellent binder. The mixture can be adjusted to a consistency of jam that can be spread on the skin or on a strip of gauze bandage. This poultice is then wrapped well so that the charcoal will not stain the clothing or the bedclothes. It is left in place for four to eight hours and then changed as needed. Skin care is often needed to avoid chafing of the skin. This can be done by washing the wound, then applying olive oil, then allowing the wound to dry. For larger bites, I suggest drinking powdered comfrey leaf or infused comfrey leaf for one to three days. If you have cancer, look for another detoxifier since comfrey is a powerful cell growth stimulator as well as detoxifier. Now Cindy and I have a lot of experience using this treatment technique. I uh, recommend the kit, particularly if you are new to the Recluse Bite. As soon as as you seriously suspect a Recluse bite, um, order the kit from brown-recluse.com. That's not us, but uh, it, it is the vendor we're talking about. And use a rush order. You will need it, and the faster you apply the remedy, the less damage will be done. Now, Cindy, you've had some experience, and so I'll give you little time to talk about what you did okay so
2: when I first got bitten I really wasn't sure what it was so it took us um, about a week week and a half to just to finally determine that it was a spider bite because it wasn't looking like a normal spider bite this is about the third time i had been bitten so Finally, when we did discover, it did re- start responding to the spider bite um, treatment, and by that time, though, it was rampant in my body, so I had to do some really serious things other than just the the poultices that Bob was talking about. I also had to do um, other things to take care of the organs that were beginning to shut down by this time, so I came very close to losing my life over this because we didn't catch it in time. But the good news is I'm here and God yeah. is faithful. Oh, and man. the main thing that I did during that time was put my trust in God. I There were times that I was hurting so bad I couldn't remember even one scripture. I couldn't even remember <laughs> I couldn't remember the ones that I I had known since childhood, but I kept saying, I am not going to die today, and I kept saying that, and I kept saying, Jesus, 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 and he came through for me, as he always does. It, Mm. It was a lot of work in this, but it was worth it. And I am here today to tell you that God is good and God is faithful. And I did have to do a lot of of uh, change to my diet. I had to do a lot of change in my my uh, routine. Um, I I had to actually get up and do things because if I hadn't, I would have just laid there and died. Yeah, and That's that was a case not where acceptable. Can
1: kill you. I'm sorry. The case where comfort can kill you
2: yes and that's exactly what would have happened because I would have just laid there and go oh well I'll just yeah but no but I did I had to get up and do I had to do water therapy I had or hydrotherapy I had to do exercise Um, I had to do my own um, medications and my own treatments because if I if I depended on somebody else then I would not have gotten the exercise that I needed to get the heart going like it like it should be, mm-hmm. and it was very vital to to keep my my circulatory system active. And I had to get out and actually walk, and I had to do like thirty minute walks um, twice a day, and that's tough when you're sick.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Now you're having to breathe as well.
2: Yeah.
1: And right. I think we'll uh, carry that on a little, a little further but uh, I would uh, would like to encourage you to come see our, web- our website, hungrykidsinternational.org and uh, if you've got a question then email it in and we'd be happy to entertain it. Um, when we come back we'll talk a little more about uh, what it's actually like to treat one of these bites. And uh, see you after break.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr.
4: Bob King directs the work of Hungry Kids International, also known as Bob King Ministries, located in Kiamato, Texas, situated along the Rio Grande River. We practice benevolence teach through radio and our medical ministry. We also support other ministries in Mexico. These include Ninos del Rey, a benevolence, preaching, and teaching ministry that operates in Piedras Negras, and Harvest Ministries, a medical and benevolence ministry directed by Dr. Albert Romo, MD, Indy. COVID 19 has made crowds impossible, but radio has not been restricted. People are much more interested in self directed health care now than they used to be. We are supported entirely by free will offerings. Please visit our website at hungrykidsinternational.org. Dr. Bob and his staff extend their heartfelt gratitude for the generosity of their partners. God bless you.
0: You are listening to Recover and Thrive. If you have a question or comment about our program, Dr. King invites you to send an email. The email address is drbob at hungrykidsinternational.org. That's dr.bob at hungrykidsinternational.org. Now, back to Recover and Thrive. Yeah, welcome back. We've
1: been talking about the recluse bite and, incidentally, other nasty spiders such as the black widow and so we had Cindy talking about her experience directly with uh, a very life-threatening bite I would like to add a little bit more detail about that uh, the, uh, the black widow bite that she had on her leg was very extensive because apparently the spider had gotten trapped in her jeans And so there were many bites in what looked like a circular pattern. And the resulting wound looked a whole lot like a a ringworm. And so this was before the, uh, the real pain started setting in. And so we were treating it as if it were a ringworm, and we were dealing with that. And of course, the the treatment for that is going to be spreading the venom, so it was not a good idea. <laughs> no, it's no, it's not a good idea. But uh, it was well over a week before we, you no, know, and uh, decided we better treat this as a spider bite. So uh, my mentor, uh, mine and Cindy's, had come in to visit, and we showed t- this to him, and he agreed. It looks so much more like a fungus. But uh, he said, have you tried uh, treating it like a spider bite? And we said, no. <laughs> that Does it look like
2: a spider bite? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, he agreed. It doesn't look like one. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said, try it. <laughs> and so we did. And by that time, we already had a spider bite kit. Mm-hmm. And so we went to work immediately on it.
2: Well, by that time, we had already used
1: the Yeah, other... we already had quite a bit of experience with yeah. it. And so that brings up one of the bigger problems is recognizing that you've got a spider bite. I have had another patient who had a, uh, a bite that showed up fairly quickly this was on the hand and that when I saw the the hand maybe about 4 or 5 hours later after the initial complaint the hand was swollen up and it was yellow and it looked like extensive damage was starting to happen already and so it was way beyond spider bite kit So uh, what I did was mix up some charcoal and slippery elm and make a paste about the consistency of jam. And then I uh, included the tinctures that we had described in the previous segment. And let me list them. This is alcohol extracts of comfrey, echinacea, lobelia, plantain and uh, and then uh, activated charcoal. So I uh, smeared that on, covered it, and then we left that for overnight. And then the next morning, we pulled it off and you know, washed it off. And it had drawn a lot of the poison out, but we still had to do another uh, well another round with it. It didn't last long enough for us to have to do skin care, but it was was still one of those things where we had to watch it all the time. I think I had uh, dropped everything else and uh, treated this case. It did resolve very well. There were no lasting systemic damage. and uh, we patients doing fine today. so if you if you know what to do and you are prepared, then you can, can deal with this. And so, I recommend that you start with something like the kit, but if this kind of spider is showing up fairly often in your life or in your neighbors, then I would get prepared for having to deal with it more often. You can make that tincture using uh, Everclear alcohol and botanical herbs that you could order over the the internet. And it takes about a month to soak those herbs in the alcohol, and then you uh, take the, uh, the liquid, which is the alcohol and the extract, and you throw the herb away. And put it in a bottle that's dark so that light and you seal it so that oxygen are not getting into it and it keeps for a long long time thank so, god yeah <laughs> so i keep something like a pint of that mixed up now it seems like uh in this area there are times where you have plagues of spiders yeah. which in our case i think this area lasted for about two years yeah and then it's as if the spiders packed up and went somewhere else. You're no fun, yeah, <laughs> really. I guess we weren't. I guess not. But uh, I'm saying that when it looks like you're going to have to to deal with this as a uh, as a fact of life, then it's a good idea to prepare for it if even if you're not bitten. Some of your neighbors might be. Now, I have to to tell you this this same combination works on the Black Widow as well. And presumably it would work with snake bites. Although, thank
2: God we haven't had to test that one.
1: Yeah. Now, there are other things that you'd have to do with a snake bite, and we'll uh, talk about that in another segment. But uh, as for spiders, when you have a toxic spider, you not only have the venom that's working on the skin, but you also have something going on inside the body. The the toxin is poisoning the liver. It is uh, damaging the blood, causing, uh, causing clots to start happening. And uh, you would want to uh, to stop that as best you can. And one of the best ways to do that is to take things like echinacea and some comfrey, comfrey leaf, don't use the root uh, internally, just for a day or so and let it start healing the... Uh, the wound. I do have a question that is, will the treatment work on snake bites or other things like scorpions? Now, snake bites, presumably, but scorpions, you'd treat a different way. Um, the scorpion, you would use something more like a paste of uh, bicarbonate, and you would... Uh, take garlic capsules, and that would take care of scorpion poison in, inside the system. i focusing on the the spider because that can you know, cause things like gangrene. You know, Which it did some, in me. <laughs> yeah. And so when you've got a an internal gangrene starting, then a simple and... Uh, Effective way of dealing with that is the Epsom salts in mm-hmm. very warm water. As a foot just, soak. Yeah, just soak it. And that will pull out a lot of toxic material. It's also a very good pain reliever if you have, if you have foot pain. It uh, is cleansing or it, it uh, tends to purify the blood and will clean up the tissues. So it's a very useful thing. In my case I did the hot cold foot soak. Um did you use the Epsom salt in both of them? No, just the just the hot. Just the hot. Yeah, you know, that that mm-hmm. would be more effective. Yeah. Now, you use the hot in order to draw blood into the area and then you use the cold water to push the blood out of the area so that it can be detoxified by the liver and then oxygenated in the lungs and brought back into the area. The clean, refreshed, purified blood will heal a wound in a way that no medication ever could. And so it is the blood that is healed and the Bible says that the life is in the blood. It isn't kidding. Now, hydrotherapy is useful because it does move the blood around from where it's congested and cannot be purified to the places where it can get purified, and then cold water brings it back in. In my case, I had to do the shower hot cold as well. Yeah, that would be for the whole body. Mm -hmm. Now, the shower also is washing toxins off the skin there are five organs of elimination. You have the, uh, the bowel, the uh, kidneys, the skin, the lungs, and then spitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of spider bites, the important organs would be the kidneys, the skin, and to some degree, the lungs. Mm-hmm. And now the bowel, you have to do what it takes to keep that clear.
0: Otherwise, Always.
1: Otherwise, you will have trouble anyway. And so, I'd like for you to to drop by and visit the website, and we'll talk with you after break.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Bob King
4: directs the work of Hungry Kids International, also known as Bob King Ministries, located in Kiamato, Texas, situated along the Rio Grande River. We practice benevolence teach through radio and our medical ministry. We also support other ministries in Mexico. These include Ninos del Rey, a benevolence, preaching, and teaching ministry that operates in Piedras Negras, and Harvest Ministries, a medical and benevolence ministry directed by Dr. Albert Romo, MD, COVID 19 has made crowds impossible, but radio has not been restricted. People are much more interested in self directed health care now than they used to be. We are supported entirely by free will offerings. Please visit our website at hungrykidsinternational.org. Dr. Bob and his staff extend their heartfelt gratitude for the generosity of their partners. God bless you.
0: Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists. Along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Recover and Thrive. If you have a question or comment about our program, Dr. King invites you to send an email. The email address is Bob at hungrykidsinternational.org. That's dr.bob at hungrykidsinternational.org. Now, back to Recover and Thrive. Yeah, welcome back. It's dr. Bob. And we have
1: been talking about the recluse and the black widow spider bites well we've covered that pretty well and i do recommend that you do look into getting or making a a a kit that would prepare you for this type of bite now we're going to in this segment it's the last one we'll cover the snake bite and I do believe that you would find a lot of usefulness for that spider kit, even with a snake bite. So, let's start looking at it. Uh, You know that you've been bit. Usually, you know you've been bit because you see the snake hanging on you and you go, (laughs) there's something wrong here. But uh, sometimes people have been bitten and they didn't know that it was a snake. And so you look for uh, two bite holes, two fang marks that are next to each other. And they're causing intense pain. Frequently, there is nausea, vomiting, and unconsciousness. Now, if you're unconscious, then have someone else take over for you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the causes of these problems would be two types of uh, poisonous serpents in North America. There's the pit viper, which includes the rattlesnakes, copperheads, mouths, also called water moccasins, and they're called the pit viper because they have a deep, heat-sensitive pit on each side of their head. It's kind of a triangular-shaped head. Now, pit vipers lunge forward, bite, and immediately pull back their venom contains a blood poison the coral snake which also is found in north america usually uh, the uh, southern regions it does not jump and when it catches a hold of the flesh it has to hold on and chew for a while so if you are aware that there is this round tubular creature chewing on your finger or your hand, remove it quickly.
2: Yeah, don't focus on how pretty the snake is,
1: because you know, they are it's, pretty. It's not not jewelry. Get it <laughs> off. And the venom of this snake is a nerve poison. Now, there is a non-poisonous... uh snake that looks very much like the coral snake and so um, both of them have brightly colored rings but the non-poisonous snake is differentiated by I guess the Boy Scouts came up with the rule red by black friend of Jack but black by yellow kill a fellow so that is the the red ring that is next to the black ring—that's the harmless snake. But black ring by a yellow ring—that's the poisonous snake. Okay, so now you happen to have been bit. So now what do you do?
2: Besides the danger. Of,
1: yeah, the danger from a snake bite. Yeah. Um, the poison reaches the heart, this could be bad. Mm-hmm. Secondary, the uh, effect of the poison on the blood and the nervous system is always destructive. Now, It will also attack the liver. The action of the venom is rapid, regardless of the type of poisonous snake. So there will be usually rapid swelling and inflammation. If the treatment is not immediately given, poisoned May cause death. And if not death, then after the initial effects of the pain and shock begin to wear off, extensive tissue damage begins. And so you, you can expect gangrene, uh, skin or tissue sloughing, and hemorrhage. So.
2: Uh, Is that internal hemorrhaging?
1: Internal and external. Okay. Okay, now, usually internal. Now, the best single remedy uh, that you can keep on hand is a small uh, suction extractor, much like a, a syringe, for pulling the poison out of the wound. You continue this process for about half an hour. Now, for the coral snake, it's less effective, but you'd want to use it anyway. Now, uh, there, there isn't any way other way to extract the poison, uh, if there isn't, excuse me, then another person should suck on or suck it out. Now, the person that is doing that should not have any kind of uh, sore in his mouth. So, no open wound. Yeah, you don't want to be uh, cutting the wound because that'll spread the toxin. You mm. want to keep the patient uh, calm. Lay them down, keep them warm, and slow the blood uh, flow in the area, but don't cut it off. Uh, tourniquets are normally not recommended. Now, compression is. Um, I do recommend that uh, you would use the, uh, the bite kit, the, the spider bite kit, in that it does draw out venom and it traps it. And so, uh, for a normal snake bite, if you're caught uh, in the woods, clay is is often used to draw out the venom, but the clay doesn't lock it up as well as, uh, as charcoal. And so, it's a good idea to have some... Uh, some charcoal available you also would like to take charcoal internally like about a teaspoon of charcoal in about a uh, cup to a pint of water and you'd want to repeat that now uh, maybe every 15 minutes until the danger is past. it's not as bad as it sounds guys yeah But what the, yeah, desperate people do desperate things. Yes, we do. (laughs) But the the thing that the charcoal is doing internally is uh, drawing out that poison and adsorbing it into the gut and locking it up uh, so that the body can eliminate it. Now, usually if you've had that much charcoal, you're going to need some form of laxative or enema to get the bowel started again but uh, it's worth having the the carbon in there because it will absorb a lot of of mm-hmm. toxin mm-hmm. and so then another thing you're going to want to do as soon as the patient recovers some is to have a steam bath to sweat out the poison now you don't want them to eat because you know, you don't want the digestive uh, process started and you don't want to waste the vital energy. Now, it's also recommended that if the area is still swollen and painful, then kerosene will help. You just put uh, kerosene on a cloth and, and keep it wet for several hours, it helps neutralize the poison.
2: All right, and stay away from the campfire.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just no. saying. Yeah, if you got kerosene on you. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's about all the time we have to talk about uh, the toxins. We've got more material, but uh, it seems that one hour goes by pretty fast. It's been good uh, being with you, and uh, we've got another broadcast coming up next week. Again, I'd like you to visit our website. That's hungrykidsinternational.org. And if you've got questions, then please send the email. And God bless you. God see bless you next you. week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Recover and Thrive. Please join Dr. Bob King and Cindy Hall next Thursday at twelve noon Pacific Time and three p m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week.